everyone. It's Mark Dent with Law Trades, and welcome to this week's edition of 10 Minute Legal News. So, this week, I'm going to be talking about the thrilling conclusion, at least until appeals and all that stuff, of Epic versus Apple, the lawsuit that the tech world has been talking about for the last year. I am also going to be discussing Texas coming up with the new law against social media companies. And then finally, a very, very important story, or at least very entertaining, about Olivia Rodrigo and the state of copyright law. But anyway, let's get to the biggest story first. And again, one of the biggest stories actually in the last several months, which is about Epic versus Apple. And to recap, in case y'all don't remember, this lawsuit stems from, well, about a year ago. And Epic tried to put its own payment system in its app on Apple, on iOS operating system. And that's not allowed by Apple. They like to take their 30% cut from any app that charges fees on its service. And so they kicked Apple off of iOS and Epic then filed a lawsuit. And that led us, you know, several months down the road to some hearings in the spring. And now last week in early September, we got the decision and the verdict is it is a loss for both of them. Now, Apple has tried to sort of claim victory, and, and you could argue certain that they, they did come away with a couple of wins. But, you know, as The Verge and, and a few other websites dissected, this really was kind of a draw, and, and here's why. So the judge in the case, Yvonne Gonzalez, reached a compromise verdict. She more or less ruled that Apple has to allow app developers to tell users other ways to pay for products that they provide other than through the app store. That doesn't mean that they can just start charging in their own ways that they want to and, you know, bypass Apple's 30% fee and everything like that. But it nevertheless gives them somewhat of an opportunity to just remind users like, hey, you can go to our website and, you know, pay for things there, which they currently, or at least until this ruling, were not able to do. But there's something else. The ruling may also let these app developers include payment mechanisms within the apps, which is the exact move that Epic attempted last year. Now, that's unclear as to how exactly that will happen. And there's going to be probably a lot of legal wrangling about all that. So that, that actually might sound like Epic got a win, but you know, it, it really didn't. The judge also ruled that Epic breached its contract with Apple last year when it did start offering its own sort of payment mechanism and that Apple can continue to keep Epic out of the app store. So it's, it's almost like Epic lost the battle for itself, but won the war for other tech companies because they are now potentially going to be able to start having their own payment mechanisms and bypassing some of these Apple fees or at the very least, telling users how else they can buy products outside of the App Store. But Epic might not be able to do that. Like Apple could just keep saying, sorry, Epic, you're not allowed. No more Fortnite on iOS. Sorry, not sorry. But that said, I'll, I'll point out one more thing, that there is another thing in here that, that is a warning for Apple and, and another reason why this is not a victory for them. Judge Gonzalez hinted in her ruling that Apple was not acting like a monopoly, but was coming very close to operating like a monopoly within the video game market. So if other judges in the future sort of see things the same way that Judge Gonzalez does, 
Apple might find it difficult to win the even bigger cases that are coming down the pipeline, you know, the ones that are really, really about antitrust. So anyway, that's it for uh, one of the biggest tech stories in the legal world for a while, although there is likely going to be an appeal coming. So it, it's, you know, it never really ends, but, but that's at least it for now. All right, let's move on to the next story, which is about Texas passing a law regarding censorship on social media. Well, as, as y'all have probably followed in, in the last, you know, several months and even the last year, there's been a huge kind of political and legal controversy over social media. Conservatives believe they are being censored unfairly by the likes of Facebook and Twitter. That's obvious from, you know, Donald Trump being deplatformed indefinitely in some cases, and at least temporarily on others. You know, Facebook has not quite made its final decision on when Donald is going to be allowed back on there or anything like that. So, but either way, and there's been some other people who've been booted off of those platforms as well. And the social media companies always, you know, they provide reasons why, say that these people have violated their user bylaws and things like that. But that's, you know, has not been enough for a lot of conservative states and especially Texas. Last week, Governor Greg Abbott signed a bill that outlaws censorship on social media. So these companies like Twitter and Facebook are now banned in Texas from kicking somebody off their platform over political viewpoints. Now, how do you define in Texas? Well, it has to do like if a person resides there in Texas, if a company does business in Texas, which obviously companies like Twitter and Facebook do because they're everywhere. So it it kind of involves a lot of them. And the law actually has a structure that's fairly similar to the state's controversial six-week abortion ban. So under this new law, Anyone who lives in Texas, just an everyday resident, will be able to sue the social media giants for what they believe to be violations of the law. The attorney general also has the ability to sue. So if this sounds a little bit legally questionable, then yeah, you're probably right. This, of course, just seems on its face to be pretty much against First Amendment protections. And Florida introduced a similar law earlier this year, and it was blocked pretty much immediately by a judge who said more or less that private social media companies and and private people shouldn't be dictating speech and that it was not, or rather that they they can, (laughs) that private social media companies are allowed to do that and that the government getting involved in these disputes between a private company and a private person is not, quote, a legitimate governmental interest. Okay, on to the next story and the final story, which is about Olivia Rodrigo, the very popular teen star whose songs, Driver's License, Deja Vu, have become huge hits this year on streaming and on the radio. So if, if you followed or, or really even listened to Olivia Rodrigo at all, you've probably noticed some references to other famous singers. You've probably noticed she sounds a little bit. Her sound is a lot like, you know, Taylor Swift, Lord, Paramore. Well, according to some moves that she has made recently, she's afraid she sounds a little bit too much like them. And in the last few weeks, she has assigned songwriting credits to Paramore and to Taylor Swift for a couple of her songs. Uh, The Paramore one is for Good For You, which is musically similar to Misery Business. And she did the same for Taylor Swift with her song Deja Vu, assigned her a songwriting credit, which also includes a lot of royalties. And because these songs are very popular, we're talking hundreds of thousands, probably millions of dollars that will now go to those artists. But so so why do this? 
Well, The Ringer had a really good article that kind of offered some insight into where we are in music and copyright law and Olivia Rodrigo. So let's trace back just a few years. Musicians used to like build off of one another and kind of take from each other without a whole lot of fear of legal issues. I, I mean, and, and if we go back really far, like 30 plus years ago, there was basically no fear whatsoever. Like you rarely even like said you sampled songs and things like that. You just did it. But then, you know, over the years, you started sampling things and you would have to pay for that and give credit and so on. But you could always just make songs that sounded a little bit like other ones, which is not a really good way to legally describe it. But this is a very complicated issue. But then along came the song Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke. And it was challenged by Marvin Gaye's estate because it sounded a lot like a Marvin Gaye song. And most people going into that court case thought for sure that Robin Thicke would win because in the past, these kinds of differences were, were not considered to be something that the courts needed to get in the way of. But that's not what happened. Robin Thicke lost, the Marvin Gaye estate won, and all of a sudden musicians started to get really worried. And as I mentioned, like the very like legal questions are very esoteric, very specific, but it just kind of boiled down to that artists started to get a little bit more concerned about making songs that they simply felt sounded too much like other tracks from the past. And this is tough in music because if you distill every song down, they all kind of have the same building blocks. So that's kind of where we are with Olivia Rodrigo now. Taylor Swift has not brought in any legal action against Olivia Rodrigo, neither did Paramore, but in advance of any potential litigation, she assigned those songwriting credits. So why do that? Well, as one attorney kind of explained to the ringer, quote, intent doesn't matter. So if an artist makes a song that sounds like another one, even if she didn't mean to do it, you could still be held legally liable. This lawyer told the ringer, quote, you still need to prove access. Access, that's the most important thing. That means that the artist has to be aware of the song that they're allegedly taking from. And, you know, that's probably likely in, in this case of Olivia Rodrigo and is certainly the case in a lot of other instances. But to kind of close this down, like I was saying, in, in a very complicated law here, but it, it oftentimes just boils down to whether a musician cares enough to, you know, file a lawsuit or, or complain about it. The other uh, well-known pop singer, Lord, had a hit this summer called Solar Power, and it sounded a lot like Elvis Costello's Pump It Up. But he didn't mind at all. Uh, he's taking no action whatsoever. He just congratulated Lord on Twitter about the song and said, quote, it's how rock and roll works. All right, y'all. Thank you again for listening. That's it for this week. And we will talk again.